You know, as a guy who took Spanish for three years, I didn't retain much of any of it. <laughs> I have to, and three years is a long time, especially when you're a child, and that's when you learn the most things really well. But I didn't retain a lot. It's hard just learning it in school or through textbooks. Well, Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program. It's available on desktop or it can be used as an app on your phone or tablet. They are a trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways with its intuitive process. You can pick up any language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. I started Rosetta Stone, and my Spanish skills have definitely improved. I can now say muchas gracias. It's really a better way of learning a language. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Comedy Bang Bang listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off, visit rosettastone.com slash comedy. That's rosettastone.com slash comedy. This episode of Comedy Bang Bang is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. I'll take a glass of milk, but hold the pulp. Welcome to Comedy Bang Bang. <laughs> uh, welcome to Comedy Bang Bang, indeed. Thank you so much to Kira Unmuted for that catchphrase submission. Kira Unmuted. Oh, is that like Girl Interrupted? Uh, wonderful. Kira Unmuted, you are our catchphrase superstar for the week. Unfortunately, I don't think it's going to stick. I will be on the hunt next week for another one. But thanks so much to Kira for this week's. Uh, welcome to the show. My name is Scott Ackerman, and boy, we have a great one this week, even for a strike, we have a good one. We've had just terrible shows the past few weeks with podcasters. I mean, that's basically all who will uh, agree to be on the show. But now we have a, a, a real life superstar on the show. Of course, coming up a little later, we have a, a music producer. We also have a playwright. But we have a real life superstar here on the show. He's a stand up comedian extraordinaire. Which, uh, when you hear that word, usually it means they're extraordinary at it. Um, and uh, one of the best to ever do it, living or dead. Uh, and he's now an author as well. He has a book coming out this week called Growing Up Awkward. Nope, sorry. Misfit colon Growing Up Awkward in the 80s. Uh, and we'll hear about his misfit colon 
uh, in the 80s soon. But uh, uh, the book comes out this week. Please welcome and, and let's welcome him to the prestigious One Timer Club. <laughs> Gary Goldman is here. Hello. Thank you. Thank you. It's it's, a, it's an honor. I've been a fan of the show for a, a oh, long time. Oh, thank you so much. And, so nice. I've been a fan of you yeah, for a long time. Because Ever I since... think it's a, a, a validation that I'm not some hack. That's right. No, you're not. Right? You you seldom. I've had my share of hacks on this show, but it's not the rule to have to have. It's the exception. Yes. Loudmouthed hacks. No, but I, I've been a fan of yours since the uh, uh, last Comic Standing days. Oh wow! When I first became aware of your oh, work. Oh, thank you. Uh, where you won several keys to the house. <laughs> 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 yes uh and uh i loved your your special the uh the great depression oh, which thanks for was watching, uh, uh about approximately i'm gonna guess approximately four years ago yeah exactly four years ago october of 2019 really exactly so yeah. we're coming up on the four-year anniversary we're on the four year what are you doing to celebrate i'm graduating oh really yeah from depression yeah yeah <laughs> Congratulations. Decided, that's amazing yeah, decided, i'm gonna walk and i'm gonna accept my diploma from depression <laughs> from yeah. your psychology yeah every four years i graduate from something <laughs> this year it's depression um, and, uh, you know, uh, one of the greatest stand-up comedians and, uh, now you also have, uh, I like how you added living or dead, like that, like it matters to the dead ones. <laughs> well, when you, you know, I, I would imagine before you, what die, if I insisted on that? I always think when somebody says something nice, imagine if I typed that up and said, make sure you mention I'm one of the greatest standups living, living or, or dead. dead. Yes. <laughs> I believe I, I bought my own birthday cake one year and I had the inscription, uh, to the greatest, uh, American, <laughs> Uh, citizen living or dead. Or oh, I like love that. that. Yeah, the, That's uh, the people at Baskin Robbins were uh, very confused by it, but they did it because I paid them to. So the, it was an ice cream cake. Yes, it was. I've never enjoyed. Why is that the ice cream? Do you like cake. ice cream? I, th I do like ice cream, and I love cake, but I like them separate, mm -hmm. and I'll mix them. But I, I just, I love cake, and also my mother never asked what I wanted for a cake. She would just get a Cavell, which is how they say it in Boston. Cavell, Cavell ice cream. And and it wasn't even of the 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 character ones. It wasn't. It was neither really? a puss, a whale, or or no. anything. It was just a flat, plain flat. Yeah, it was just a flat sheet, and it would say "Happy Birthday, Gary" on it. But that's not. Yeah. It's not clever. It should have been to a whale of, of a. <laughs> do Do you feel that's where you got your predilection for flat uh, uh, foods, leaving every food flat? Oh, yeah. I wonder. I think that's like some sort of weird obsessive compulsion where I want. I related leave. to that when I oh, heard the, it. I've thought about that. Right, <laughs> the carton of ice cream where I would, I would. You, you got to make. You would eat. You'd say I'm only going to eat half. Yeah, but then it, I had to leave a flat surface. A flat surface. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, as if it was asphalt or there, something. Right. There was an aesthetics to what I was putting <laughs> yeah. back in the freezer. Yeah, <laughs> and I thought about that because I feel like I have the same thing sometimes, where it's like. Okay, well, I can't leave this choppy. You gotta like, leave, you know, as much as you can. Like, but I'm yeah. doing it in the pint. Uh, no, I think I was doing. You were it doing in the pint in as pint. well. You yeah. were doing it in yeah. one of the square thrifties yeah. boxes. I mean, I had a I had a policy with the square thrifty boxes where I would we we frequently get, would get the Neapolitan, which Van Chuck straw is my yeah. parents called it. Yeah, <laughs> which which you would I would I would just eat one flavor, and <laughs> and not eat into the next. Yeah, flavor and strawberry sure was, was the was the real bastard child in my house, where everyone would kind of eat around the oh, strawberry. Yeah. Well, I found that that strawberry was sort of the entree of mm. the group. You would eat vanilla as an appetizer. <laughs> strawberry was the entree, and then chocolate, chocolate was the dessert. dessert. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, I, I was interested in this. You, you, uh, you and I are 
almost the exact same age. We were born a mere 12 days apart, I believe. Oh, no way. You're July 5th? I'm July uh, 2nd. No. Oh, okay. Wait, I'm July 17th. 17th. Yeah, That's so what we're I mean. 15 a, days apart. A mere 15 days apart. Yeah. <laughs> a multiple of five. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, and uh, so when I heard the title of this book, Growing Up Awkward in the 80s, uh, of course, with uh, the uh, added misfit colon right before that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I... Uh, I, w- I was intrigued because I, I feel like I'm going to relate a lot to-, to what you have to say about it. What what exactly does the book cover? It covers, it was originally entitled K through 12. Oh, but really? then you can't Google that and find anything associated with me. So Yeah, so, that would, that so, would be, you'd be very far down. Yeah, the list. So, so we changed it to Misfit, but it's basically a, a memoir from every grade. I, I have what I have come to find out is an unusual memory for the minutia of kindergarten through 12th grade and names and phone numbers and, and really these, these events. And I, for various reasons, I would be amongst groups that I had really nothing in common with. So I, I repeated the first grade because despite the fact that I, and this is becoming petty because I'm 53 years old, but I always tell people when I, how I repeated the first grade, if it ever comes up, I say, but I was in the top reading group, and for, and for, which is so sad. It was that I, so that I long still ago. Stand by that, that I was in the top reading group. My father insisted I repeat because he got it in his head that I would be a better athlete if I, if I was older than everyone, obviously, but also it would just destroy my, my self esteem and make it was me due so, to, to athletics. Not that's, that's due- what he claimed. Really? Yeah. He he thought I would have this great advantage, but it was a disadvantage in every other aspect. And also, I wasn't even that into sports as a as a six year old. I couldn't give a shit. But right, and also yeah. you had to you had to do one extra year. I had school to do than anyone else did. That wasn't even challenging the first go through. <laughs> and also, I was the tallest kid the first time around. The second time, I just. You're a giant. I was a giant. Right. It was really uncomfortable. And the kids were not fully developed. There were a lot of kids who you could kind of see through their skin. They were so like, <laughs> have you ever seen that where you can see the veins and the, and it's just, it was, and their heads were, were way too out of proportion for them. We, I don't know that we had the helmets back then that just <laughs> kind of shaped the heads. Yes. You know, you see a lot of yes. kids out there now yes. with the helmets. And we oh, were that's all so like, interesting. You know, can we can we get away with not getting yeah. the helmet? You they know? would just let these kids have these heads just that they would eventually heads. grow in yeah. to. But, but at the time, it was like they, they looked like hammers. <laughs> and, and not the cool kind of like... MC Hammer, <laughs> right. although a little like the, his haircut because he had one of those asymmetrical haircuts. Do you remember remember AC, uh, AC Hammer? The, was that was that his name? MC, no, it was MC, MC Hammer. That's Hammer. Right. And I think yeah, I think he had the Gumby hair, haircut. That's right, which he was did. A, yeah. yeah, which was a high top fade, but on an angle, right? Yeah, like a pencil eraser that had had been used on one side exclusively. Yes, yes. So. So I didn't fit in that second time through first grade. And then I started Hebrew school with a lot of people who were way more Jewish than I was, but also they were really well off. And we were like these working class poor Jews that <laughs> When you that say exist. way more Jewish than you, what do you... Like they knew all the oh, holidays. Right, right, right. I their, knew, their knowledge level. Yeah, okay. I knew Passover and Hanukkah. <laughs> and these kids were fluent in, in Purim. <laughs> which which I had never even heard of. What is Purim, Purim exactly? Purim uh, is this weird combination of St. Patrick's Day and Halloween, but with <laughs> with all the joy removed because it's a Jewish holiday commemorating a near genocide. So it's it's associated with with 
being nearly murdered in Persia. Right. It seems like a lot of the Jewish holidays are sort of about that. A lot of them. There's not a single one <laughs> where, where there's where there's any any kind of joy or right. or I mean Tubishvat, which is the Arbor Day of Jews. What is that? It's the fifteenth of Shvat is what Tubishvat means. But you celebrate you celebrate basically I think it was just a, a movement to try and put more trees into Israel so they because it was a desert <laughs> to, to make it nicer yes. it was like an aesthetic holiday yeah it was an aesthetic so i didn't fit in there and then i started playing sports because i was very big and i i was just i wasn't an intellectual but i also wasn't a meathead right so I did, although i i you know I, just being a fan of your work over the years i feel like you're more of an intellectual than you you think you were back then i mean oh, well, you, thank you yeah you, one of the hallmarks of your work is you're you have such an incredible vocabulary oh, and thanks. the writing of your of your jokes well is i guess so that's intricate. it i loved to read and because it, it's a loneliness thing you mm. don't you don't Right, I'm in France, you have a lot of time to fill. So you didn't fit in with the jocks. Did you also not fit in with the 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 other side of it, the more yeah. nerdy kids? Yeah, because I I didn't I I didn't fit in with them because they were super intelligent and really smart and were. I remember joining the chess club and and that I mean they weren't bullying me, but they also weren't embracing me, and I and I felt uncomfortable. How, the how chess did you do club. in the chess club? Did, I was terrible. I remember this one kid, and he was from from. Russia, which at that time in my life, I just assumed, oh, everybody in Russia is really good at chess. And and he had an accent, so I was just... I That's knew, intimidating. I, I mean, yeah, it's like a James Bond villain yeah, right there. Yeah, and I remember him saying to me, I said, I don't really know how to begin. And he says, just get your pieces moving. And <laughs> and 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 I, I thought, there's no way that's good advice in, in chess. I've seen there were thick books of opening moves in the chess club. And he's just telling me to get he's he's clowning me. Just get your pieces moving. You always see those chess games where like <laughs> someone moves out the first pawn and the the opposing player just goes. And yes. shakes their head. It's like that's yes. what I'm always afraid of, you know. Yes, totally, totally. And I, I remember memorizing this thing called the the Rui Lopez defense, but it but it 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 depended on the other person doing exactly what what had been right. written in the thing. They never right. did any of that, and they could probably see it coming. But it, it just I I I, uh, I was a man without a country. So you you I mean it sounds to me like you're like. You know, you're a, a typical person. You're just a mediocre at most things. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yes. But in high school, compared to the other people in the high school, I was I was bigger and and faster. So I kind of exp excelled at 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 uh, at basketball and football. So I was able to I was able to stand out in that way. And then then I so I got a football scholarship to Boston College. And then and how how soon did you give that up? About a month in or. Oh, a month in was was my first trip to a psychologist because I was <laughs> I was like suicidal over the, the, the during, having to play football. During, yeah, during during um, what was it called the 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 summer training camp. And why and why summer. was that? That was because you you suddenly felt the pressure of going up against bigger People. athletes, like in a bigger pool of yeah, they were the same size and speed <laughs> as me. Only they had been playing football since they were six years old, and and <laughs> and you I, were doing it as a lark, and just I, got offered a scholarship and said, yeah, okay. I was doing it, and and the the coach said, he's got incredible potential; he can jump really fast, and 
and jump, uh, jump really what, high. What does, that, what does that mean? Jump Sorry. really I, 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 Now, Gary, I bet I could jump I meant, faster than you. I, I meant. Let's try it. Okay, let's jump right I in. I meant Ready? jump really high, but there was a thing where they would where they would time you on how fast you were able to jump over these things really, really quickly. Okay, well, like and, getting and, across and, something, I yeah, can understand like, a bit, yeah, but like just literally yeah. from, you know, being yeah. on the ground to not being on the ground. Yeah. But I could, I, I could, uh, I was pretty good running. And so when they would time me on things, I would be faster than all the other guys. We have long legs. They, you're yeah. Tall, you're six, six, right? Yeah. And then they would throw a football at me and somebody would hit me and I would drop it immediately <laughs> as if the, the whole thing is as if dropping it was going to make them not have hit me. I should have just held, I should have just held on to it, but I, I was, I was spooked. Get this away from me! <laughs> yeah, and it, it just—it was very clear early on that I was overwhelmed. I, I lasted the entire season through the spring football game, and then I went. Oh, you did to, really? Yeah. So you actually played the entire the entire yeah, first year. Yeah, I, I I was a freshman, so they they wouldn't. In most cases back then, they wouldn't let the freshmen play, so they would get an extra year when they were bigger and older. And right. so, but I I just remember thinking there there's no way i can withstand this for for four years and i made a couple of friends but i was for the for the most part once again a a, a misfit so did you give up the scholarship i'm sorry to get drilled down no on no, the no it's okay this. so did did they give up the scholarship or did you give up the scholarship or if you go see it i was wondering if you go see a psychiatrist and they say, "Oh no, you do have depression," yeah, can they not rescind the psych the the scholarship because now you have a medical issue or what? They what is absolutely it? could have rescinded the scholarship, but they were really generous. So they let and, you do the entire yeah, the entire four and, years. Yes, and I also think they thought eventually the the therapist would get through to me and I would come back and play football. <laughs> that was always. And there'd be, eventually be a movie based on you <laughs> and the therapist but and the, your relationship. But the therapist, I remember the therapist consulting with the coach and the therapist saying, there's a very good possibility that after I treat him for a while, he's never going to want to play football again. <laughs> well, ideally, you send any football player to a therapist and by the end of it, they'll never want to play yes, football again. Exa exactly. I mean, that's like, it's exa a crazy thing to want to do. Right. Exactly. It's a sign of pathology that you're playing football. <laughs> right. Yes. Yes. Um, and then how how did I, I know uh, we'll get back to uh, growing up uh, 80s in, in uh, awkward in the 80s. But uh, yeah, but uh, how how did you then get into comedy from being this sort of uh, airsatch jock yeah. uh, in Massachusetts? Well, I mean, I know uh, Massachusetts has such a burge, uh, a, a huge comedy scene back then. Yeah. Was, was that Boston, it? Did you Boston actually... was a great scene. So I had gone to see it in high school. But way before that, I grew up in a house that really valued comedy and and stand up in particular so i i remember even as a a five or six year old there would be a comedian it was usually david brenner who was on the mike douglas show or in merv griffin my mother would, would yell comedian comedian and i come i come running and, i gotta start yelling that yeah and, and <laughs> Any, anytime and, anyone comes on tv <laughs> comedian comedian anytime lisa gilroy is on one of her ads comedian she may have she may have said yeah yeah comedian and and I would come running, and and I we just would would laugh. We couldn't get over this this man who was talking about things that we were doing in the in the house without thinking they were they were universal. And 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 so that 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 was sort of it was. I mean, I I think a lot of comedians use it for a number of things: self medication and to get attention, and and also as this this kind of um, soothing 
presents. I would listen to the albums, and later on, my friends would make tapes of their of their albums, and I would listen to them. So it was it was also a, a great way to get attention by repeating the jokes I had heard and and do, doing um, basically ripping off Saturday Night Live sketches and and SCTV was. I really liked SCTV better because I was convinced that nobody was watching it except <laughs> except me and my my friends. Uh, that it was just written for for us, and I, I found out that everybody thought the same thing. The first time just... I ever watched SCTV, I'm probably 10 or 11. It's on syndication yeah. here in LA. Yeah. And I was like, God, they're barely showing any of the show because there's so many commercials. <laughs> I didn't realize any of the commercials were part of the show. <laughs> no, it's true. It's true. It was just were, this right, confusing yeah. show, like yeah. not as easy to understand as SNL. Right. Right. That, and once you like suddenly get it, you're yeah. like, oh my God, this yeah. is you know so yeah. much more rewarding in a way. Totally. Totally. Yeah. So I, I guess I would say I was before there was a term for it, I was kind of a, a comedy nerd and and that I, I was really into comedians and, and So I, how do you make the leap then to I'm gonna try it uh in front of an actual audience? Well, I I think that from the time I was six or seven, I I thought if nothing else works in terms of <laughs> sports or or a career and this is the ass backwards i'll fall back on comedy i think i will i think I will. that's my one marketable skill yeah <laughs> that can make I, me money yeah that and and I, i'm not saying this to be funny i just knew that the that the way i would get depressed frequently and be unable to function for more than a couple of hours a day i i thought well that's all that is really required of a comedian is a couple of good hours a, a day and i'll be able to because like you would put on a put on a smile for a couple I would, of hours I would put on a smile for a couple of hours and i would tell jokes so i i think always in the back of my mind and subconsciously i thought i i want to i want to try this and whenever growing up whenever i would say something really funny somebody either a friend or a friend i remember i had a, my friend billy's parents would would overhear things i would say and say gary you're you're really funny we were in vegas recently and i i think you're as funny as any of the people we saw in vegas and then not not realizing that that probably the vegas comedians weren't that good <laughs> right <laughs> but to them it was yeah, the pinnacle of comedy yeah it was the pinnacle of comedy yeah. so I, I i got encouragement that way and i and i thought well maybe i'll there was there was such a great open mic scene in Boston, and I would I would occasionally hear people talk about doing open mics, and I thought I'm gonna I'm gonna try that someday. And although they they made it sound like your first open mic was was make or break, like the, really, that, yeah, they they maybe you'll get discovered, but but then you realize after the first one, it, it's it's like oh you have to keep doing this over and over again, and <laughs> and luckily the the first time it went it went fine. It, it, right, it, it like in in hindsight, probably terrible, terrible. But. but it was good enough to think, oh, that was a lot of fun, and I'll I'll give it another shot. And then, did you have a dip in like, oh, this is going badly, or 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 were you pretty much just like each time you got better, better, better? No, there were there were all kinds of dips, and there would be months without laughs. And <laughs> and and what yeah. do you what do you attribute that to? Do you think it was like, oh, this is why now in hindsight are you like oh because i wasn't connecting with what i was writing or i wasn't like listening to the audience as much as they were listening to me or what oh that's interesting and the the whole thing i always think is that we're we have this business and it's the only instance that maybe i'm not not thinking far enough but that in order to practice it 
you have to practice it in the worst conditions possible. <laughs> like with baseball, yeah. you learn off a tee, whereas stand-up <laughs> comedy, you learn in front of the most hostile right. audiences. There, there are and like the, no open mics in baseball, like professional yeah. baseball, where like you have to go up in front of the entire stadium. Right, and, yes, exactly, yeah. exactly. You start as a kid and you get <laughs> a little bit better in the, in yeah. the competition, but right away you're thrown to the wolves. You have to do it in front of a and, paying audience. Yeah, and, and yeah. frequently you are going on after a comedian who was like a legend in Boston hosting the show and then they'd bring on somebody nobody heard of for five minutes and it was just it was really it was really it's, hard it's weird that anyone actually ever continues doing it yes you know because yes. like I, I I think everyone who's successful at it now has had a terrible time of it early on so how how yes. does anyone keep going it's again, delusion it's, it's pathology yeah. like the pathology of a football player yes it's there's the, there's this delusion and and I I it, it makes it very hard to watch the movie King of Comedy because <laughs> he's so deluded right. and so committed. But aren't we all, when we first start, we're terrible for the most part. Right. And we and think, oh, think someday, someday people will pay me to do this thing that I'm awful at and show and show really very very little potential or 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 any any kind of gift for this other than that i loved it and th and that's what the thing that i always find when i when i see comedians early on in their career i i think well the, this person loves doing this and also has good taste in comedy sometimes that can can be a, a predictor of how well they'll do but i remember ira glass making this great point where he said when we get into the arts we have great taste and it it drives us insane that we're unable to to do anything that that we find any any good i i was once at a, a diner and the table next to me had a bunch of theater kids who were like 21 or something like that. And it just reminded me of when I was 21, they were sitting there bitching about everyone who's in the theater program oh, with them yes. and talk about how, well, they're not good. They're not. A good yes. Actor. And you know, they're all bad at it too. Just like incrementally better. Oh you know? yeah. And it just reminds you yeah. of like, when you're that young, you have like what you said, the taste of like, oh, this is the kind of stuff I like and the kind of stuff I want to do, but you have no skill at it yet. Yes. And yet yes. you, it just somehow you know yeah. keeps you going that yeah. sort of like desire to do it i th i think the one thing and and you can get this from from music and and other areas painting and things like that but but with sports i knew that i stunk at basketball when i first started but the more i played i would get better incrementally very slowly and i <laughs> thought well why would this be different than than bas comedy why would that be different right. than basketball so, so you just I, I, so i just kept right. these repetitions and i and i just i i yeah it's it's gradually and then all of a sudden you you become bearable and then hopefully you have enough self-awareness to think no i still have to get better i'm i'm still really green at this and you uh, I, I would imagine now you're in a place where you're still trying to become better and oh still yeah trying to figure out new yeah. avenues of how yeah. to write and yeah that's the beauty of comedy is that you can improve into your i imagine 70s and then i'm sure and then it's a drop yeah <laughs> <laughs> What year did you start doing comedy? What was your first? Nineteen ninety three, October eleventh, nineteen ninety three. Wow. Incredible. Um, and when do you think you got like fine at it? Oh man, I I guess maybe nineteen ninety nine. I I mean that, that's when I did my first TV appearance, and and I don't 
I I cringe, of course, when I what was it? I what show was clips. that? On? It was I did the Tonight Show with Jay Leno, and that I I grew up and Jay Leno was great at stand up comedy, one of the best back in the eighties, yeah. And then he took over the Tonight Show and he became very mainstream and right and. But he never touches his Tonight Show money. That's very I don't know if important. you've ever. I don't know if what you've do you ever heard him. What do you think he's that? done with it? Well, why does he because, think that it's any different from the money he's earned yeah, elsewhere? Here, that it's not that it's they not segregated like, in this huge. I always picture it in yeah. a huge vault, and there's Tonight Show <laughs> two money. Two separate banks. Yeah, two separate piles, and it's just. It's, and and it's, it's not like he's out there going, here's something. I donated <laughs> all my Tonight Show money to poor people. No, he's just. It's in a vault. Exactly. And he doesn't do anything with exactly. it. Exactly. And. And I also, I used to have Mavis. Um, <laughs> she used was, to have Mavis. Mavis would travel with me, and, and Mavis <laughs> would, would collect all the food from the green room and put it into Tupperware. And then she would, she would sell it at the concession at the NBC commissary on, on Monday. So I, I don't touch that money either. <laughs> the three, three separate money sources. <laughs> There's, there's Mavis damage business. There's the Tonight Show, and then there's my road gigs. I'm sure my Leno is terrible, but anyhow. But then a couple of weeks later, uh, I got on. Uh, David Letterman had a heart attack, and David Brenner was guest hosting. Oh, what a the, thrill! The for Letterman, you, you're and he had me as his guest. The guy that you used to <laughs> yes. watch. The guy I used to watch, and it was so nice. Had uh, you had met him then? Uh, since had, then, and yeah, you had become a, a fan. I, a fan I, yeah, I had met him. We were working together at the at the Ice House in in Pasadena, and like there's Wonderful any other club. Ice House. It's a great, <laughs> it's a great room, and and. Yeah, and he took a liking to me, and he had me on the on the show, and it was it was incredible. Wow. Yeah. Um, so David Letterman having a heart attack is maybe the best thing that <laughs> ever happened. To it was you? an, it was, an it was an interesting thing that happened to me, but but uh, no, it was because ter- ter- I, I man, did I love Letterman? Yeah. That that was how you could connect with people in college. Find your people was well, that we, if they you were and I watching are the, the same age? Yeah. yeah it's, is it's, that if they were watching Letterman? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. For for yeah. I, th- I think people even like five or ten years younger, it's Conan, right? And that's how they yes. connected. But for, yes, for people our for age, us, it, was, it was Letterman, and then I don't know if you ever got into this show called Get a Life on. Oh yeah, on, okay. Oh, yeah, so yeah, that yeah, of course that was Chris. in like yeah. 1990, and and that t- to me it's still the Rosetta Stone of modern comedy. Action Family, you ever see Action? Family? Oh my oh, yeah. gosh! And, then, and when he pretends he's FDR, yeah. But it keeps saying the bully. One, yeah. <laughs> Some crazy. Uh, look it up. Uh, I'm sure it's all on YouTube now. Yeah. Family and FDR. Yeah. Yes, it is on YouTube, and as are all the Get a Life episodes. But for whatever reason, it's not streaming, which is just the yeah, so the, strange. The, Nothing the is biggest travesty. Along in with show most business. of my work. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but you know. Um, and so, uh, is the book Misfit Colon growing up awkward in the eighties? Is it, is it essays where every chapter is kind of about a new subject or how exactly well, does the book, break it's down? about a new grade, but, but oh, it's, really? so it's, it's literally a, K through yeah, 12. It's every grade and the, the main stories within every grade, but there's kind of a through line from not the present, but the 2017 when I moved back in with my mom after being hospitalized for uh, the Great Depression. <laughs> if you and, uh, check out Gary's, uh, it, it's I almost said movie, but it's like a sort of a movie mix. Yeah, documentary and stand-up special. Yeah. Uh, the Great Depression, where you uh, basically I'll nutshell it for everyone. You were hiding your depression from everyone in your life for yeah. quite a long time, and then yeah. you were hospitalized in 2017. Yeah, I went nuts. 
Yeah. <laughs> Legitimately uh, crazy in the <laughs> clinical sense. Yeah. Um, and you were hospitalized and you moved yeah. back in with your mother. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then started to talk about it on stage, which then led to this right uh, new phase of your career. Yeah. Called uh, monetizing my mental illness. <laughs> 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 and yeah, so I, I was 45 and living at home with my mom and it brought about all these, I was intersecting with everybody I'd grown up with and all these places and, and events. And, and, you've, and been, so, you've been on the Jay Leno show. Like you're I'd, a big star. In, I, I in wouldn't say I was a, a big star, but I was making a, a decent living as a stand-up comedian. And the, the problem is, and it, it becomes clear in the book that my entire life I had thought if I would do something really good i would i would feel good about myself and nothing made me feel good about myself i felt like a failure uh, so you do the you do uh, the yeah. the jay leno show and you're like yeah well uh, maybe if i do a letterman maybe if then... i host <laughs> right. the, the tonight show or something but but then but you, just nothing ever nothing ever sinks in and nothing ever and i'm and i it used to happen to me in sports all the all the time i would i would have a good game and then i would be totally panicked about what would happen if i didn't have a good game the next game and i would <laughs> i would just i was i was constantly throwing up before games and basketball and football and it was just, just future tripping yeah, about just, what could happen with yeah that. just uh, so much anxiety which is which is worse than depression but they're equally debilitating right why were we talking about this? Oh yeah, uh, we were talking about the book. So it's yeah. uh, chapter by chapter. Yeah, chapter you by move chapter. Back in. There, are, there are very funny stories, but they're also there are also traumatic events and and the, the the typical things that happen to people. But I have a s sort of I, it's not it's not photographic, but I I can remember very specific details and smells and 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 what people were wearing and and specific i ha had this incredible ability to remember sentences that made me laugh or or else cringe and one of my favorite ones was when i first went to hebrew school my mother who was in retrospect a self-hating jew she <laughs> she there there were all these kids running around the Hebrew, the temple, the synagogue, and it was for because, the layperson. Thank you. Yeah, because before the before school Hebrew school started, there was a brief period where they were not in school, <laughs> and they were <laughs> they were cooped up all day, and then they made the Jewish kids go to more school, <laughs> and so they were running around and they were being loud, and and I was like, oh yeah, it's like recess, but my mother was so put off by this. And I'll never forget that she said, look at the Jews. They're wild. <laughs> <laughs> and I was nine and I didn't know the term self-hating Jew. And I was like, wow, she is really put off by, by Jews, and particularly, particularly their offspring. And, and I, I just... I, I didn't say it at the time because it would have been insane, but I kind of knew, oh, I'll never forget this sentence as long as I live. And there were, there were a lot, of, there were a lot of things like that. And so you, so this, this book, when you're writing about your childhood, I think a lot of times when you read one of these memoirs, people are sort of approximating what they think might've happened. Yeah. You have the type of memory where like, you really remember a lot. Yeah. Of this stuff. I, re I really remember. And I, I, over the years, I've become kind of a, a Wikipedia for my neighborhood in high school. People, <laughs> 
call me up and say, who did we have for this? And what was the, <laughs> what was the number? There, there was this, uh, there was this teacher who insisted you never answer in the form of a question. So she would, she would, we would, she would say, what's a 29 plus eight, for instance. And if you said 37, she would say, tell, don't ask, tell. <laughs> and, and so there was this other class where the teacher didn't give a shit how you answered the <laughs> questions. But this one kid was so nervous that he got the answer wrong. It was like, what's 28 and eight? And he said, 37? And then the teacher says, no. And he says, 37. <laughs> <laughs> and so my friends always call me and they say, what was the number that what the kid- What was the number? Yes. You even remember yes. the number. He I said, what it. was the number that the kid insisted <laughs> he had only gotten wrong because he had not answered in the form of a, of a, of a uh, what, are the, what are those called? Declarative. Yeah, declarative. He hadn't made a declarative. At what point do you stop taking these types of calls? <laughs> like for me, I think, I think when I hit- 30 i'm like all right guys you got to stop calling me about no this there's something about depression that makes you nostalgic <laughs> even for the even for the <laughs> for the bad, bad times. times yeah <laughs> well um i cannot wait to uh, read this book it's out this week and you're actually september going, 19th yeah yes. you're going on a uh, uh they called it a book tour your people call it a book tour is it just a tour or are you or is it uh, oh it's a stand-up tour it's a stand-up tour right. you get that's the, what it looked like you can get the book but also all right, so in 1994, oh my gosh, it might have been in late 1993, I bought a book by a uh, a comedian who is very relevant at the time, but is has faded. Tim. Uh, no, do you remember the guy <laughs> who played Jerry on Seinfeld? Uh, Jerry. Jerry Seinfeld. Yes, yes, that yes. guy. Yes, okay, Jerry Seinfeld. So he, okay. okay, so he put out a book, <laughs> and I got three. And one of his best roles, I think. <laughs> <laughs> He reprised it on Curb Your Enthusiasm. Oh, right. Yes. <laughs> and and it, it wasn't as good. No. So, yeah. So he put out this book called Sign, Sign Language. Language. Yes. And I had no money after college, like most <laughs> post-college kids. And But I spent money on this book because I loved the show Seinfeld. And three pages in, I remember being outraged. I said, it's just his fucking act. He yes. charged me. Twenty six ninety five for his act, and and not as good because like you're reading it, yes, and he's not reading it to you exactly. And there were no audio. There might have been audio, but I didn't have a CD player at the time. Anyhow, right. I bought the book, and then I was outraged. And this is how delusional I was. I vowed. I said, "Well, if I ever write a book," and I was an open micer. <laughs> I said, "If I ever write a book, I'm not just typing up my act. I wanted to write a book, but not just type up my." act act but then i also thought i can't just do jokes from the book on my on my stand-up tour so i had to write a whole bunch of things that were from the period of time covered in the book but that i didn't already tell in the book because i i didn't want the people to read the book and be like oh he sold us this twice really just so like he complained so about. it's a totally separate yeah it's a separate our... thing it, it sort of uh augments the book or oh, or or i think I think it'll be a good ad for the book. If people haven't bought it at the show, they'll be like, oh, these stories are really good. I, I, I would like to buy the book too. I, I love that you're thinking about that kind of stuff because that, that happened with the Comedy Bang Bang book where I was like, we can't just have people kind of transcribing their previous bits that they've done. Right. Because I, I thought of, because I, I had the same experience with sign language and I think uh, there was this other comedian who sort of faded from uh, memory who played uh, Bill on uh, the Cosby show. <laughs> um, 
who did the same thing. And I bought the book for my, my father on Father's Day. And it was, again, it was just the act. And I was like, I hate, I hate when people do this. Yes. So, it's um, infuriating. And how did the publishers allow that? Because that's the only way it gets the book made, right. I think. Yeah. You know? They're yeah. not going to sit there and write. I mean, right. like, you, you have the time to write a book, right? You know, but Bill Cosby, <sighs> he's, he's too busy with his, you know, doing stuff in his off hours. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Well, that this is incredible. I I, I got to read this book. Uh, Twas not sent to me by your people. Oh, really? I've read it already, oh, that is a but, that is uh, a major a major faux pas. Now, yeah. uh, our next week's guest. Oh, I'm I have, really. I have their book right over there. I'm really but, sorry uh, about that. Well, uh, and I didn't and I didn't bring you one. I I will rectify. Please write. I would. Well, I I would love to buy it though. Please don't feel like you have to no, rectify it. No, but, uh, it's uh, the least I can do. You have me over to your house and on your show, and you're a member of the prestigious one timers club. <laughs> Uh, the book is called Misfit Colon, Growing Up Awkward in the 80s. Uh, Gary Goldman is here. Can you stick around for the entire show? We have a, an incredible show. I would I would love to, and I, and I, and I, I thank you for asking. Uh, it's a, what if you said no? I well, would be here's very the thing. Growing up, there was this thing where sometimes the guest on Carson would say uh, that they had to leave for some right. reason. But I remember one time Steve Martin said he had to leave, but then he came back and he was like, I... I just thought it would sound good. If <laughs> and I thought it was the funniest thing I'd ever That's seen. So great. So. Um, all right. When we come back, we have uh, a music producer. We also have a playwright. This is an incredible show. We'll have more, uh, more from Gary Goldman uh, and more comedy. Bang, bang. We'll be right back after this. <laughs> this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you ever have something that you're keeping close to the vest or the chest? If you're Christopher Nolan, he says that in... One of the Batman movies twice. He doesn't say it, obviously. Look, this is something I just need to get off my chest. The fact that this bothers me. Anyway, we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Well, therapy is a safe space to get these things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely online. Designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule, just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com bangbang today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash bangbang. Sorry to interrupt your podcast, everyone, but, you know, there's only one acceptable reason to interrupt a podcast, and that is your dog. Take a minute now to pet your dog, okay? I'll wait. I'm not going to wait a full minute, but a few seconds, sure. Yeah, but while you're petting your dog, you can learn all about Bark, the company dedicated to making dogs happy. Every month, BarkBox designs and delivers a whole new collection of toys and treats just for your best bud. Every toy is tailored to your pup's size and play style, from squeaky plush toys from BarkBox to ultra-tough, durable ones from Super Chewer. Every treat is made with yummy, healthy, all-natural ingredients like pumpkin and sweet potato. For a limited time, this is good, they will double your first box of goodies for free. My dogs, they love BarkBox. Now it's it's gotten to the point where every package that is delivered to the house, they assume is a BarkBox and they start jumping up and down. Then I have to say, uh, no, it's just a sweater for me. <laughs> and they get very disappointed. They love BarkBox. They love chewing on everything. They love the treats. 
It's great. To get your free upgrade, go to BarkBox.com slash BangBang. Remember the first time you learned how to ride a bicycle? Just taking your feet off of the ground and putting them on those pedals. And oh, no, nothing's holding you up except your own sense of balance. Oh, gosh. The nostalgia for something like that. Well, you know what? You can experience it again this spring. Get out there, enjoy the weather, and recapture the magic of riding a bike with electric e-bike. That's right. They have an amazing variety of models built for riders of all abilities, including mine. Poor. Uh, it's never been easier to fall in love with riding again. Go to electricebikes.com to discover e-bikes that start at just $799. With the XP Lite, anyone can ride with a variety of models designed to be a better mode of transportation. There's the zippy and affordable XP Lite, a great start to any e-bike journey. And we also have the Expedition. That's right, the, the letter X and then Pedition, a sturdy and versatile cargo e-bike that can hold up to 450 pounds. You know what? Electric e-bikes, they gave my good friend Paul F. Tompkins one of these things. He loves it. He's tootling around every day on it. Ring, ring. Hello. Hello, everyone. It's improved his social life. He used to be a hermit. He used to be sort of a, a Scrooge-like miser character. And now he's out there on that electric e-bike saying hello to the entire community. And you can too. Go full throttle into spring with electric e-bikes, the number one selling e-bikes in the nation. Get your adventure started at electricebikes.com. Please, please, please mention the Comedy Bang Bang the podcast sent you in the post-checkout survey. That is electric, L-E-C-T-R-I-C, and then ebikes.com. That's how you get there. Okay, bye! <laughs> Comedy Bang Bang, we're back. Gary Goleman, the book is called Misfit Colon, Growing Up Awkward in the 80s. And uh, does it end with uh, graduation? A lot like the movie Jack with Robin Williams. It, it, the, the last part of the... <laughs> <laughs> the last part of the memoir is about graduation, but the last part of the book is kind of like a, a coda, they call it, where you oh, really? talk about where you are now. You flash forward to the- Yeah, uh, flash forward. Do you go into I, the future as well? No. <laughs> no. No, the future is unwritten, friend. Oh, so I, yeah, so But I, you, could I, be, you could have been the one to write it. <laughs> that was, what like, if you wrote- Like Asimov. Yeah, you wrote it and then it all came true. Like, oh my gosh. Shit. But aren't we all Cassandras now? <laughs> That's a good point. Who's Cassandra? Wait. Cassandra was the 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 goddess or god adjacent or just a Greek who was <laughs> who was she would she could see the future, but nobody would believe her. Oh right, and, yes. And I feel like like roughly fifty one percent of of the country can see what's about to happen to our planet, and everybody else is like, nah, it's not it. Um. All right. We need to get to our next guest. Uh, he's a music producer. You, uh, do you like music? Darren? I love music, and I'm I'm kind of in awe because it, this ties in with my book and that he produced a lot of great great things in the it, '80s. It's so, incredible. Yeah. I I'm a big fan, and we're going to welcome him to the prestigious One Timers Club. Uh, please welcome for the first time. He's produced such records as uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Blood Sugar, Sex Magic, and Johnny Cash's. American recordings and other Red Hot Chili Peppers records, along with a couple others along the way. Please welcome to the show for the first time, Rick Rubin. Hello, Rick. Hello, Scott Ackerman. Hi. And Lashana Tova, Gary Goldman. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And, uh, and an easy fast. Uh, an easy fast <laughs> for, for Yom Kippur. Thank you, yes. Yeah. Uh, Rick, it's so, so wonderful to I, meet you. I apologize, Scott. Do you mind doing a quick, maybe uh, 43 just breaths? 
43 uh, breath? uh, breaths just to kind of i'll do you more than that i'll keep breathing all day and all night and, and probably for the rest of my life hopefully Very good. That's beautiful that's beautiful i love what you're doing with that but just center ourselves if we could sure. just breathe in in silence okay. with the moment here sure yeah and and, and then continue that sort of continue mindset what? of the breathing throughout of the, breathing? the time and the connection how long do you want these breaths you want them like hey, let, let me give you an example is that long enough or well that was half a breath uh i would say you uh, that's only half well, uh, well that's an interesting it's interesting to come down the same page to define the things of which we discuss mm. is a full breath in and out or is a breath just in scott ackerman that's it oh, you're right because i kind of held it after i did it yes um it was know, more I, like uh, letting the air out of a balloon, but going inwards. Yeah, I guess you can't breathe again unless you breathe it out, but I would consider a breath to be just breathing in. Oh, and oh, okay, and Gary Goldman, how do you feel about this topic? Is a breath... So if someone said, take a breath, you would just go in. <laughs> and then and until then they said, to... go ahead and release, I would just keep it there. Like a vampire, but with breathing, <laughs> you need to be invited to breathe You don't out. need to liken everything to another thing. <laughs> Scott, imagery is what makes the world go round here. Mm. I, I remember I was telling um, Anthony Kiedis on Blood Sugar Sex Magic, mm. uh, you know, it, 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 this album, what we're making right here, it's like a movie, but mm. we're listening to it. And, and he thought that was beautiful. Mm. It was a movie you can hear. It's a lot like a comedian's act, but you're reading it. A lot like sign language. This, I, I understood exactly what you meant there, Scott. Thank you for the connection and the imagery there. Right, right. Uh, uh, so, what was that, How was that conversation with Anthony Kiedis? Did he understand what you were saying? or um, Generally, um, people don't receive what I'm saying, but mm. they let it sit and they move on. As to not uh, insult you? I, I believe so, yes. Mm. Uh, but, you know, Anthony was... Uh, it, it was a time of his life where it was hard to communicate with him. He required all of us to be in the studio nude with sock um and so wait, i was wait, you had to bo- do that too everybody in those days of the red hot chili peppers if you walked into studio it would be nude with sock. the caterer as well the caterers the valets the wait, wait you guys have valets at the place you recorded <laughs> oh absolutely I, I believe that for creativity you have to know your car is in a safe protected mm. spot um i, I would uh, imagine you'd even put a sock on the tailpipe Yes, the tailpipe is the cock of the car, isn't it, <laughs> Isn't it, really? <laughs> I, 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 Imagery-wise, I mean, what else would it be? The, I guess it would be the butthole of the car uh, for some people, but... And then the, where... Uh, and then the maybe... The muffler would be the... But isn't it where it exhales? Yeah, I know. Where but the I car mean, exhales. But a penis exhales, if you're lucky. <laughs> yes. Um, but, I, yeah, I don't know, because there, there, there are really... How many holes does a car have? You have the tailpipe... Mm. You have, I guess, the grill, which is the teeth or the mouth of the car. Yes, yeah. the uh, the obvious mouth, the headlights, or the eyes. Yeah, headlights, yeah. Oh, wait, I'm just thinking about the movie Cars right now in <laughs> Lightning McQueen. I, uh, and I'm thinking of those beautiful cars with eyelashes that drive across the street. You ever see one of those where someone mods their car to put oh, eyelashes Oh, frequently on they're the VW bugs. What, say that? Frequently yeah. they're VW bugs. Yes, as yeah. if the bug is a ladybug of some oh, sort. Oh, yeah. But an, uh, an attractive one that you may want to have a conversation with and take out for a drink. Yeah. Have you ever asked a, a car out on a date? Several times, Scott Ackerman. Really? Oh, absolutely. Rick uh, Rubin. Uh, uh, <laughs> 
You don't say. What, and how was that received? Um, well, uh, you know, quietly and interestingly. Um, but I believe that we should be able to date whatever we feel a connection with on this earth. Mm. And that's where the creativity all comes from, is, is everything is a living, breathing thing. Of course, it's hard to get to second, third, fourth base with the car when you don't know. if Easy the, to get to first, though? <laughs> absolutely. A smooch <laughs> on the grill. <laughs> and do you consider tongue first? Or can it be any kind of? Kiss? Yeah, what's your definition of first? Second, I would third, say fourth. Let's uh, get this. Uh, very this is something question. I covered in my in my oh, book. Really? There were it? yeah, there were two different schools there, of thought on what yeah. yeah on what first. I remember being. I don't know if you were this way uh, or or you, Rick, on Long Island. Were you horrified when you found out about these bases? I was horrified. I I, I had originally in seventh heard grade. I think first was six. kissing. No, sorry, home home plate. When you're at bat, it's kissing. No, yeah. what was it? Uh, first is kissing. Second is kissing with tongue. Third is oh wow, kissing with tongue and and uh, really meaning it. Wow. And then fourth was uh, who knows what happened. Man, <laughs> once, my, once you got to fourth, my second and third were very different. Really, from yours in my in my neighborhood and and school. Second was uh, touching the boob. Second, really? Yes. Okay. And then third was, and I remember exactly where I was when Mark Fromanian <laughs> told me this. He said he made a motion down the pants of his own pants but he was he was making it sound like it was a, a girl's <laughs> pants and he said down the pants and i the, the how only does he make it sound as if it was a girl's pants it was the like only sexy zip like zip. <laughs> no but the only solace i took was i thought well maybe it's over her underwear that would be <laughs> that would be gentlemanly <laughs> at the very least and then home uh, home was the works he said the, the works. works really <laughs> which uh, i lettuce, assumed tomato. was sex <laughs> Pickles, uh, oil, vinegar, salt, and pepper, Mike's way. <laughs> Mike, yeah, you got to get it Mike's way. Oh, yes, you slide into home Mike's way. <laughs> so uh, so you you haven't gotten anything up the tailpipe with uh, any of these cars you've asked out? Oh, well, no, because you, you must be polite on a date, and at the end of the day, if you don't know if the tailpipe is... Consenting, cons yeah. Or even what part of the body it is. I mean, we can't even come to agreement sure. right here if tailpipe is butt. You suggested maybe buff muffler was uh, uh, what we uh, urinate out of. Uh, well, I mean, every car has a tailpipe, so I think it has to be butt. Now that I think about it, okay, interesting. Because, yeah, so, yeah unless cars are genderless, but there. I mean, if you watch the movie Cars, Lightning, Lightning sure. McQueen is sort of male seeming, mm -hmm. I guess yeah. you know. And uh, wait, was there a female car in that? Uh, there must have been a gender normative romance in that movie where Lightning was. <laughs> Right, uh, you know, had somebody that was rooting for him of sure. the fe uh, female car persuasion. Yeah. yeah, what would you imagine a female car to be? Of course, for me, a, a love bug is a female, which is why Herbie fully loaded didn't work for me from from minute one. Right, yeah. <laughs> I think a Mazda Miata, a Cabriolet, a, a Cabriolet. Yes, yeah. yes, because it's French. Yeah. <laughs> anything french is sort of female right yeah absolutely i mean a baguette uh, what i can't think of a more feminine image than a nice long uh female phallus in a, a little bag there huh um tell us about your your process you're one of the excuse uh, me scott i just feel a, oh, a, a little okay. disconnected do you mind I, i'm unearthed here uh oh. do you mind if i put some dirt on the ground here and just put i kind of kind of do it? i mean i just cleaned up oh god okay you're already sorry doing I just, it. It, yeah. it's okay this is of the earth this is dirt just from no yeah i know right. that dirt is of the earth you you've you've basically put it all over my floor uh, yeah. and of course i have brought a a very um uh, ethically okay vacuum to bring it all up and then i'll use this dirt later on um okay. I, this dirt what's was, what's ethically okay about this particular vacuum um it, it's a it, it was affordable um it, it's uh, i don't think that's the definition of eth 
And affordable to who? To you? To me, yes. Uh, so it's a top-of-the-line Dyson. V- it's the, the V9 Dyson. Okay. Um, so you can disconnect it from itself, and then it's a hand vacuum. Or you can put the little thing on, and then you walk around the house with okay, it. Okay, you're not, se- you're not here to sell vacuums. We're here but to it's talk really about... state-of-the-art. I will say that I, we, we, have a, we have a Dyson. It's excellent. Oh, yes. I, uh, in studio, to keep it incredibly clean, it's all Dyson for Rick Rubin. Can I just um, t- I, t- follow up on one thing that I've noticed yeah. that I that I, I, I love? the reverence with which you see the what i call the studio but you call it studio oh yeah it, it's it's almost the name yeah you know? uh and i so it's it's how um I, I almost think of it like is her name shulia in that song wait you, you got to be more specific than that Shusha song shulia. are you talking about susu studio is that what he's saying who phil collins you I, thought it was shulia <laughs> Yes, I thought it was Shulia. Uh, uh, if I had been, if I had uh, been uh, engineering that record or producing it, I would have made him really enunciate exactly what it was. Because of I course, I don't know this... anyone who has thought it's Shulia. No, other than it's nobody. so clearly Susu Studio, and, it's and even the though title it doesn't make any sense, yeah. I don't read titles, Scott. I, I, I'm not trained in music. I, um, I just feel. And that song, mm. I'm feeling Shulia, which, of course, for those of us that do speak Hebrew, Shishul is diarrhea. <laughs> and I always thought that it was. You thought a, the song was about diarrhea. I thought it was about a man who had diarrhea. A I, man who had diarrhea. <laughs> yes. I mean, you could hear the singer, and that's a gentleman singing the song, isn't it? Why would a man, why would a man <laughs> such as Phil Collins, incredible hits to his name at this point, he's on a run, he's on sure. a tear in the 80s, mm-hmm. then suddenly turn in a hit single about diarrhea? Does that make sense to you, Rick? Uh, I, it, nothing makes sense in art. That's the thing. Is is it, you know he's off of Genesis, and of course I didn't know it was Phil Collins who sang the song. You informed me of that. I could have maybe guessed based on the time. And so the you don't read titles. You don't read artists. You nothing. just like when, so I don't even know who I'm producing till they walk in the studio and tell me their name. When, really? when I did, Jesus, is that why you did so many uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers records? <laughs> I would have stopped after the first one. <laughs> to be totally honest with you, um, they just keep walking in. <laughs> But they would walk in, and I would say, "Oh well, if it isn't flee in the gang again." Uh, but, uh, but uh, the point being, uh, I treat the studio like Phil Collins treats his diarrhea. I, I call it stu- stu- studio, and it's its own person. You know what I mean? I guess. I, Did I'm, that answer I'm, your I'm question? Very, no, I don't think so. I, we're not reaching each other because I'm grounded of the earth here. Would you mind, Scott, if I just laid my beard upon you, and and, and then we'll be a little bit connected with each I other? Gu- I guess you can lay your beard. Yeah, go ahead. Oh God, it's so rough. Is it rough? I always imagine it would be soft, but he's not conditioning it. No, he's not. No, it, it's 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 almost the texture of dreadlocks in a way. Like you're not washing this at all, are you? No, I, I learned this beard technique from the way the. Um, I'm sorry, it's rubbing right up against your microphone. Are you yeah. okay there? Okay, yeah, I'm fine. This That's technique fine. is all from um, Mr. Jones and me. Who's that guy? The Counting Crows guy. Oh, Adam Duritz. Adam Duritz. How he did his hair. He trained me in my beard. I thought that was fake hair. My would- beard. No, no, Adam Duritz's dreadlocks. The song Mr. Jones and Me is about having fake hair? I, I, uh, probably. <laughs> I'm, sh- I'm rocked after this Shulia <laughs> thing. I, I don't know what means what anymore. I, I was momentarily distracted. You told me to shut the bathroom door, and I just looked over, and it, I thought it was open again, and I was like, what did I do? And now I'm seeing it's closed Rick, again. Rick, by the way, you took a I, long time in the bathroom. In, well, <laughs> you, oh, we we took a, a Gary. How long was the break in between segments? It was about forty five minutes or something. Rick arrived. He spent forty five minutes in the bathroom. What is going on? What in is there? is there a ritual? Uh, it, well, it, it, as much as um, evacuating is a ritual for any of us. Yes, I, 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 I guess it is something you 
try to do it it's an with ancient, regularity I, 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 i'm as i think right now i wonder do we jews have a, hol- a holiday for taking a uh, number two um because uh, that is a right in its own way hmm. just listening to your earlier conversation and if not we should a shishulia day uh, almost which i guess would commemorate diarrhea and would make sense for us jews if we're going to commemorate any sort of stomach issues i guess you're dehydrated in the desert without very many trees to you wonder you. wandering the desert don't you scott what mm. what were their bowel movements like already jews with anxious bowels <laughs> yeah what is the fiber situation of matzah that's a good point point. and yeah. were they all uh, backed up I, you guys are looking to me for answers <laughs> i don't have any of these answers we I, would like you on the record for what the what you imagine the diarrhea the, the bowel movement situation was i like to think i'm honorarily one of the one of the chosen people. right and, yes yeah. you're invited to uh, not to the barbecue but you're invited to the i suppose the bris Sure. Yeah. The way that's the equivalent of the cookout. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Is a bris. I could say uh, for all Jews, Scott Ackerman, you're invited to the bris. Thank you so much. I, I appreciate that. I'll, you're take, welcome I'll take you at up the on bris, that. Scott. I'll take you up on that. I I gotta know, Rick. I'm such a big fan of your work. And likewise. Uh, uh, thank you so much. That means the world to me. But uh, you've you've produced so many classic albums. Amazing. Uh, what what is your style? Incredible. What, how do you do it? Beautiful. How, uh, are you talking about what I'm saying? My question, yeah, just, or are you just talking- indicating that I'm listening to you. Oh, okay. Yeah, you can do that silently, maybe just with a nod or something oh, okay. like that. But uh, I would love to know, how do you do mm-hmm. it? How do you elicit such sounds out of these incredibly iconic artists? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that's oh, wonderful. Oh, I'm done. Oh, great. Wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, well, a sound is within all of us. Hmm. And it's my job to get people reconnected with their artistic self. It's It's why I'm here today. Is oh, I, that's why you're here today? Yes, oh. I, I've tried to move on to the podcast space, God oh. Ackerman. Uh, music bores me. I've produced some of the great albums. I reinvigorated Johnny Cash's career, as you mentioned. Me and the Beastie Boys came up with the idea of yelling a rhyme at the end of every sentence. Uh, uh, we've done it all. Yeah. Um, Wait, are you here to produce this podcast? If you'll allow me, I'd like to produce. I, I'm working on a lot of great stuff right now, and I'm just wow. I'm, I'm getting podcasters to a space where they're connected to themselves the same way I stripped down so many of the artists. This out is there incredible, Gary. Artists. This is a this is an honor to be produced by. You're on a Rick Rubin production now, I guess. This it's is a, incredible. You're producing podcasts a, now. It's incredible growing yeah. up growing up with that innovation of yelling a rhyme at the end of a. a a sentence that's been I, something I've, that we've had all our lives yeah know? i feel like now we're at the 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 what would we call this the inception yeah of the that equivalent but whatever that but is to pod, podcast whatever that is to podcast yeah exactly well, uh, yes and and uh, instead of being in my dormitory at nyu we're in scott ackerman's dormitory you here. certainly know uh <laughs> bare bones facts about yourself <laughs> scott <laughs> I know at least 10 things about myself that I could rattle off right now. We should all be so lucky to know 10 things about ourselves at any given time. (laughs) But that's what, I mean, I've been working on some wonderful, um, you know, we're bringing back the uh, the step-by-step people are doing a podcast uh, that I've been working on. When you say the step-by-step people, do you mean the cast of the show step-by-step? Some of the writer's room, Patrick Duffy, um, and uh, and that's it right now. But, you know, there's just so much in the space with everybody free during the strike that they, they, they need my kind of brilliance well I'm how not, do we do this what do, what's the process what do what do we do to for you to produce this well scott i just need you to be you um Ooh, and no. so 
that's not. I don't know that that's such great advice. Uh, well, uh, uh, I, I think that you you will the you that shines through is the you we all want to see. I mean, what are you hiding when you say, "Oh no," there? What are you worried people will see? I'm not worried. Uh, I'm uh, you know I'm not worried about revealing anything weird <laughs> about myself, <laughs> right? I mean, uh, like, you immediately went to your laptop and started clicking out of windows. <laughs> there, I'm, I'm not going to double check what you were looking at. <laughs> I'm not worried about any of that kind of stuff. I I, I guess I just mean, uh, you know, I'm worried the audience won't care. I, uh, I'm worried they'll be bored, that they they won't find it interesting. What, you know what who I said the say. same exact thing? The cast and writer's room of ABC's Manifest when we worked on a podcast together about that TV show. Wow. What is that show called? Manifest. No, no. The podcast about it. Manifest the podcast. <laughs> you can do better, <laughs> Rick. Okay. Take that, okay. Ba- take, that ba- take that back to the the drawing board. I, I, I take criticism not incredibly well, Scott. <laughs> oh my God! Little, you're, you're standing right I'm now. A little you're looming over here. me with your giant beard. Uh, uh, the beard does more. The beard can choke. The beard can. The beard is uh, very uh, intimidating. It's wrapping. It's, uh, it's is like it sentient? Doctor Strange's cape. Yeah, it's yes. like it's like Doc Ock's uh, arms or something, just wrapping itself around my. It's like Doc, Doc Phil's mustache uh, it, <laughs> and other docs. <laughs> Okay, well, Scott, stop. take back what you said about the title of the Manifest podcast. I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. I... God, Rick. Now, Scott, you've entered hallow ground that only few have been through. How do you train those things? Do How do, do I? Huh? How do you train your beard to do that? Oh, the beard gets a mind of its own after a certain amount of time. Once you've connected with your own body, Scott, you could do that with your own hair, your underarm hair, your pubis hair, anything you want. Once you're connected with yourself, mm, I choose pubis. <laughs> <laughs> that was like uh, like a Pokemon kind of. <laughs> Rick Rubin, I choose pubis. pubis. <laughs> um. Okay, uh, I'm sorry. I, w- I won't criticize I, you anymore. I'm sorry, and I'm sorry. I think I freaked out. I embarrassed myself in front of Gary. You instead uh, of hulking out, you Ruben. Okay, I, you were clear earlier that you don't deal in titles. Yeah. And so it was kind of Scott not paying attention to your aversion to titles. Wow, thank you for hearing that, Gary. I, I think because a lot of my dirt ended up on Gary, that he's a little more grounded. Yeah, here. you're filthy right now, Gary. I'm but, sitting closer to to, to the Richard, dirt. and so yeah, yeah. I'm covered in. Yeah. Filth. Um, Richard, thank you. But there's a Dyson in my future. Yes. Yes. Wow. All right. So what do we do? How do we... Uh... Well, uh, so the first thing I would like to do is we all need to have a big meal together. There's nothing more connective than What does that exactly have to do with us recording this podcast? Almost nothing has anything to do... The podcast comes from connection. There's nothing I can do to make you funnier... Uh, or more interesting. You are funny and interesting, and I'm trying to bring that out of you through human rights. A nice spread, if you have something to nosh on. I know I'm... Wait, I have to bring it? (laughs) When you said, like, let's all sit down for a big meal... I assumed there were like people kind of going to come in here filing in one by one with like big plates of food or you know, something. You no, know, incorrect. Well, another way I work is the artist brings a meal. I come starving. Um, oh. And if not, I, I you get. You come I, having hadn't. Come, I do come having hadn't. And that's <sighs> my, it's in my email signature. <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> I arrive I, having hadn't. So I don't, I even don't... just a chewy bar or just something to kind of nosh, you know, just something in my hands here uh, would be nice. Yeah. I uh, I guess I have a Slim Jim over here. Is that fine? Hey, art thou bored? 
I'm unfamiliar with this ad campaign. <laughs> I'm assuming. Mid-90s, Macho Man Randy Savage <laughs> interrupting a play. Everyone's bored by the play. He jumps in. And Did says, you produce oh, that? That's a Rick Rubin joint. Yeah, I wow. produced the, uh, those 90s Slim Jim campaigns. Wow. I was Bob Weata Baby Eats a Boy. Uh, <laughs> I've heard of, of that. The, yeah, it's 1-800-COLLECT. No, yeah, 1-800-COLLECT. You, wait, you collect. did 1-800-COLLECT? I did the ones with... Um, Phil Hartman? Uh, no, uh, oh. I recast Phil Hartman with... Um, uh, uh, Arquette, David Arquette. David, you did the David Arquette, and then ones. I recast oh. him with Carrot Top. Oh, okay. Because yeah. we, and I just couldn't meet uh, minds with any of them, and then Carrot Top and I, we had a mm. a great connection, and and yeah, of course you'll remember from the ninety nine, two thousand, two thousand one MTV Spring Break commercial breaks, all of these works we did, and Arquette came with food. A wonderful okay. spread. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't have a lot. Uh, well, I'll retell that story when I meet some of the big minds, uh, you know, some of the greats out sure. there. Scott yep. Ackerman did not come with spread, and that's going to be something that will follow I, you. I, I'm sorry, but I mean, we're in the middle of a show. Amazing. Maybe, yeah, maybe Beautiful. we, I mean, maybe, is there anything you can do to make the show better, or are you just a guy who just kind of sits there? Have you ever worked with any stand-ups, maybe getting them? Uh, a, a lot, yeah. I grew up, uh, I loved so the great early stand-up yeah, what, albums, what, Carlin, Pryor, and so hmm. uh, I tried to work with stand-ups as much as I can on Living or albums. dead. What, what can we do with, uh, maybe, Gary, you have like a premise that you haven't worked out, or uh, uh, just just even like a funny notion, or, I and mean, we can see what Rick does in producing, you know? Uh, yes, wow, Just like wonderful. something you noticed on the way over a here? Lot. Of or, course, oh, I won't be at my best because I couldn't get a Chewy bar or just, just anything to munch on, some hummus. Or okay. anything at all would really help me. Yeah, here. I have some sour cream right here. <laughs> Lovely. A little Slim Jim and sour cream <laughs> yeah. is all Ruben needs. Okay, there you go. Thank uh, you, Scott Ackerman. Just any, any, One thing I was thinking about, yeah. I think you. Am I seeing graphic novels in that? Yeah, you, you are. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so when I was growing up, and, and I talked about this a little in the, Amazing here. I was talking about this a little bit in the, in the book, but I was a. You couldn't get as much Marvel mm. growing up. There were no. There may have been DC a, had better distribution. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, there was a Batman series mm. that was in reruns, but then Marvel came out with the Incredible Hulk. And don't mind me, Gary. I'm just spraying you with sure. ocean water. I'm just kind of getting you. God, that stinks. That's like stinky it, it ocean water. It does stink, and also it it kind of uh, it, does it burn? Yeah. Oh god. Oh, that's Ocean Beach Dog Beach. You're feeling right there. Oh, that's, okay. yeah. That's the right okay. straight from it's, right there. I don't think I'm allergic to it but i do i'm starting well, to rash only as much as any human is allergic to a mix of dog urine and all that but keep the beat going and, and i'll uh, the rash will inspire you that's a connection to your body feel it don't let it off i wonder if it because we're all around the same age group watching that incredible hulk sh show as a kid it was exciting because it occasionally would turn into the hulk but also it seemed and i might have just been a really sensitive kid Amazing. it seemed like a real bummer and and kind of melodramatic and and it spent a lot of time with uh bill bixby as a human yeah it was bill bixby a, a lot which any and he was an extraordinary actor sure well no slam on bill bixby certainly and, and but it, traveling from town to town yeah and his main nemesis come, really was a journalist right and he'd come across people who needed help, much like the fugitive every week. And yeah. essentially, he would only turn into the Hulk if he ever had to lift up a car. <laughs> and that was the extent of it. Yeah. And and it, it just, and and he would destroy every every community he was embraced by, and then he'd mm -hmm. have to move, have to move on. on. And But also uh, 
put together a wardrobe <laughs> at, at, at least twice a show. He had no means of income or anything. It was now that you pointed out, it's it's the fugitive, but instead of trying to solve a crime, he's uh beating people within an inch of their life and also destroying property. Amazing, right. amazing. Okay, so what 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 can you do to produce this? I guess I'm deconstructing it. I guess that's the bit I'm I'm sure. I'm heading towards. Uh, first of all, the rat-a-tat between you two is incredible. There's a connection. There's a mm. something there. I'm a minimalist. How can you do the same thing? Less words. Take out the the unnecessary words. The thes. The ands. Oh, I think the, those are usually very necessary in order to make a sentence make sense, right? Well, I, you, you, this is what artists always push against me with. You know, we need bass. We need drums. I say, take it out. Okay. Take well, I mean, Gary Gary's style hear. is is actually kind of verbose and uh, the the love bombastic of even. Yeah. Sure. Grandiloquent. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> I, I'm I'm worried that if you strip him down too much, it's it's not going to be as interesting. Uh, you know, I, I I again, I'm a little um, I'm on my uh, third green tea here on an empty stomach, and Oof. so I, I am a little uh, you know, uh, hey. the, the Slim Jim and I didn't know you were an excuses group. guy. I oh my, an excuses guy. <laughs> Are we getting into it one more time, Scott Ackerman? <laughs> Please don't wrap your beard around my neck again. Uh, I will walk my little toesies, I'm shoeless, all the way over to you right now, and they'll crawl on you, and they'll slap you right across the face with the big toe. Uh, okay. You're t- please don't slap me with your toe. Please. Ah, ow! Ow! That's right. Oh. Full toe-to-cheek contact. Ah. How did you get me so hard with that? Oh. I'd like you to define what you mean by that sentence, just so I'm answering the question correctly. <laughs> I just there's so much strength in your okay, toe. Okay, so how did my contact with your face hit you so hard? What, what, what way could it have been taken? Uh, well, how did you get me so hard? Like how did I arouse oh, okay. you so much? Okay, that oh. did not happen. Oh. Or, or how did I make you think of a Will Ferrell Kevin Hart vehicle where they go get to prison? Hart. Written by Ian Roberts and sure. his writing partner. I wasn't sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Look, uh, Rick, I, I have to say, Gary, it seems like you're you've just swallowed this hook, line, and sinker. But amazing. I, I I think you're a charlatan. I'm sorry. I mean, I, maybe a good charlatan in the sense that I produced good Charlotte's lifestyles of the rich and the famous. <laughs> Did you really? <laughs> That's thing number 10. <laughs> We're out. <laughs> Everything else from here on out is new information <laughs> for Rick Rick. <laughs> All right, Rick. I'm glad Gary read my book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. Uh, look, we have to take a break, Rick. I uh, I don't know that you're helping this at Amazing. all, but do you want to stick around and produce the next segment? Absolutely. That would be an absolute joy. Okay. We're really uh, feeling each other out here. I don't, I, yeah, I don't know about that. All right, we're going to come back. When we come back, we're going to have more Gary Goldman, more Rick Rubin, and we have a playwright. Packed show. We'll be right back with more Comedy Bang Bang after this. <laughs> This podcast, Comedy Bang Bang, is brought to you by Squarespace, our old friends, and Spring. Man, it truly has sprung. No one can argue that, and what do we know about Spring? Spring is a time of fresh starts. That's right. Uh, You thought January was good for starting fresh? Uh, Spring's gotcha beat. Spring's about rebirth, and that could mean starting a new venture or switching things up on your website. Well, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. 
With the new guided design system Squarespace Blueprint, you can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website optimized for every device, integrated, optimized, optimized, <laughs> SEO tools, allow your site to show up more often and grow the way you want. Plus make checkout easy for customers with easy to use payment tools, accept credit cards, PayPal, Apple Pay, and in certain countries, give customers the chance to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and Clearpay. Selling content on your website? Well, add a paywall to sell memberships or courses or sell downloadable files. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial and when you're ready to launch. And I know you're going to be. Go to squarespace.com bangbang to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Hey, everyone. Scott Ackerman here. I want to tell you about... A podcast from HeadGum that I think you just might like. Who knows? Maybe. I don't know. You, you might even love it. Who know? I, it's not for me to say. It's up to you. Well, it's called Review Review with Riley Anspa and Alfred Bardwell Evans. Each week, Riley and Alfred take the most absurd reviews they can find on sites like Yelp, TripAdvisor, Amazon. They use them to inspire improv comedy scenes. They've covered everything from children's science museums to haunted houses to video rental stores goes off the rails pretty fast, if I don't say so myself, and I did say it myself. Luckily, they have a slew of guests like New Girl's Lamorne Morris, Stranger Things' Finn Wolfhard, Ryan Gall, Jake and Amir, who occasionally come on to help steer it back on course, or not. So whether you prefer literal A-listers or pasty nerds, this show has something for you. If you're a fan of it, and when I say it, I mean Comedy Bang Bang, <laughs> you are sure to love Riley and Alfred's cheaper and completely different version of it. Uh, I don't know. It's cheaper. Podcasts are free. But hey, new episodes release every Tuesday. So subscribe to Review Review. That's R-E-V-I-E-W-R-E-V-U-E on the podcast app of your choice. <laughs> Comedy Bang Bang. We are back. Gary Goldman. The book is called Misfit. Growing growing up awkward, rather, in the 80s. And uh, you're on a tour. How long does the tour last? Uh, where, where can people see you? And where can people get info? GaryGolman.com, G-U-L-M-A-N, has all my tour dates. And we're adding some tour dates for 2024 soon. Whoa. But, but so far, it, it's just through the end of the year. Okay. Yeah. Some but I'll be dates. at Largo here in LA on, on 926. Uh, no, 923, I believe. Wonderful. So if yeah. you're in LA, uh, but uh, I, I was looking at your tour dates and they're all over the country. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, no better grateful. night out at the theater. Uh, are you bringing an opener or? Uh... I, I bring a different opener here in LA. It's going to be Laurie Kilmartin. Oh, great. Love it's Laurie. Terrific. And then I have some other people that I, I like to. And own. these are all surprises. You don't want to spoil them. Well, I could, I could. He's, Gary's really wrestling with this. Yeah. Should he? I could he? I'm just, I don't want to leave he? anybody out. But for instance, in Boston, there's a woman that, that's opening for me. But I'd like it to be a surprise. Okay, yeah. I, I think, think you should keep this yeah. uh, close to the vest here. I mean, yeah. It's just like, a, you know who the main event is? Although we know it's the, a woman. Yeah. Interesting. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this has given us one clue, at least. Yeah. Cool up. <laughs> it might be my wife cool up she hasn't uh, appraised me of this fact at this point but she she may have started doing stand-up 
in her spare time. <laughs> She's going to open for Gary Goldman in Boston, of all places. I can't wait to see it, Gary. <laughs> um, we also have Rick Rubin here. Hello, Rick. What were you doing during the break? You 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 got your vacuum out for a little while, but you weren't vacuuming. You weren't doing it for the dirt. Like no, it was I an don't. energy vacuum. That's there's an, just there's the, the air has some energy in it that I was trying to get out of it. Okay. I, I think we cleared some of it. That's the beauty of. Dyson. And you had a fourth green tea. Yes, I, I, and I am. Uh, Apparently these are caffeinated, so ah. I am jacked. But um, yeah. just a little something in the freezer, so like a Trader Joe's. Well, you also went through my refrigerator and you found some two-week-old guac. Is that good still? It's turned brown. Uh, guac Black. is like fine wine. Scott <laughs> I don't think so. I don't uh, think it is. You, oh, no. uh, you've never had an, a guac till you've had an aged guac. Uh, I think literally, that's... like anytime air gets into it and it gets oxidized, it turns bad. Like within seconds. Well, it's fact versus experience. You okay. know, you you're a man of science. I'm a man of experience. And okay. as I dip this beef jerky into sour cream and then covered some guac two weeks old disgusting i have stuff okay look um we have to get to our next guest guys uh he's a playwright does uh gary you ever seen a play before oh i I, i'm a big fan of the how many of the theater i would say upwards of 60 or 70 60 or 70 plays yeah these things are like two hours a piece yeah, that's like 120 say? hours worth what of plays. Can, what can I say? I was very supportive. But a lot of them were like Shop Girl, which kids is like in, a short script. It's not kids okay. in high school and, and and then in college. I saw the Normal Heart. You saw the Normal Heart in college, really? Yeah. Which production? Heartbreak. It, it starred George Hahn. George Hahn of uh, well, I guess I don't of know Instagram of Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. He has, a, he has a great following on Instagram. He oh. was a, an extraordinary actor. Okay, Incredible. interesting. All right. Well, uh, he he's written several plays. I would assume. I uh, I only have the the information that he's a playwright. But please welcome for the first time Ian Chiswick. Scott, it's lovely to see you. It's lovely to see you. Did you get the play I sent you? I uh, no. I I'm sorry. No. I, I, I there must be something going on with my people. I haven't received uh, Gary's book. I haven't received your play. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, it's I wrote it for you. It's about a podcaster. Oh. Yeah. Wait. You you wrote an entire play yeah. for me just because you were going to be on the show? Wrote it, well, I, I've been thinking about you a lot. You know, pondering. Why? S- stuck in traffic, listening to the pod. Oh. Oh, you're a fan. Uh, yeah. Oh. Okay. Oh, I oh. thought. You know, Scott would make a great character in the in my play. Oh my god, I'm so flattered. Yeah, it's, is a, it? it's about a podcaster. Is he like heroic? Is he dashing? He's is he... very heroic, very dashing. Um, his mother marries his uncle after his uncle kills his father. His mother marries his uncle after his uncle kills his father. This is a lot to unpack. Amazing. Well, yeah. I, uh, uh, I, none of that actually happened to me, but... Uh, no, of course. Well, that's why it's a play. Oh. It's made up. It's pretend. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. It's flattering, though. Yeah, right? Of course. What, of course. what about him? What about the character is like me, though? Well, he's dashing. Okay. Uh, he's tall. Oh. Uh, and he's a podcaster. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That, great. Well, yeah. thank you. That's... So, that's so nice of you. Yes. I, um, I, I hope you uh, will consider it. Seriously. Consider what? Being in the play. Being in the play? Yeah. Oh, wait, you want me to act in the play? Yes. Are, is this an offer? Because you know I'm offer only. Oh. <laughs> well, uh, I would, uh, I'm offering it to you right now on your podcast. So okay. Come on, mate. This is exciting. I mean, are you a well-known player? I, I Forgive me. I don't know. Uh, all I have is just playwright next to your name. I haven't heard of you or your work. Well, or... I had uh, a really uh, great run uh, down on Santa Monica Boulevard, Theater Row. Oh, uh, play those called... little tiny theaters that uh, are? Yes. Uh, a oh. play called Syrup. Uh, Syrup. Yes. The Sticky Bits. <laughs> 
that's the subtitle of it? Yeah. The sticky bits? Yep. Parenthetical. Syrup. syrup, Oh, syrup. Open parentheses. Mm. The sticky bits. Close close parentheses. parentheses. That's right. Gary gets it. it. Was this at the Oh My Ribs or at the Flight Theater? Uh, Oh My my Ribs. Oh, that's where I go. Well, if you come on Tuesday night, you can get uh, some brisket as well. Oh, really? And draft beer is only $4. I'll be the first one there. I've also, ironically, uh, written a play called Shulia, which is about a girl who's obsessed with Hebrew school. Oh, wow. Okay. So, I mean, wow. You've done a lot. It sounds like you've written a lot of plays. I'm very prolific. I'm writing a play right now. You, oh yeah, I noticed you're like you have a pen and you're <laughs> scribbling. Just, yes. Yeah. While you're actually, ta- you're not writing what you're talking, what you're saying. Uh, no, I'm not writing what I'm talking. Writing a play. <laughs> okay. Wow. How are you doing both of these things at the same time? Well, I'm uh, I'm vibranial. Oh, this makes sense now. Yes. You're vibranial. <laughs> it's kind of like uh, being ambidextrous with your creativity. Right. Yeah. yeah okay. Freud. Freud, Freud famously was was, was vibranial. vibranial. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Wow. God, I wish I was vibranial. Imagine if I could do something while I was doing this podcast. Oh my God. Well, oh. you are. You're looking great. Oh, you're looking like a, oh, you're well, looking like you so a leading man to me, man. Oh, Ian. You're, uh, you're also checking your texts a, a lot. I am. Che- That's, yeah. You're no, kind I, of vibrating, man. <laughs> yeah, that, that is true. I have been on Instagram this entire podcast. But it sounds um, like Ian is is able to equally use. The two, whereas I think you're distracted, Scott, while oh, you're you texting. Oh, you think I'm not your, using yeah, this, uh, I, the brain that I should be using for this show all that well? I, I don't think the two brains you're using are are equally So he's, he's using whereas half Ian, a brain it is and clear, half a brain, but He sat down while he was introducing himself. He also wrote down act one, scene one. Really? Yeah. So what's the play you're writing right now? Uh, the play I'm writing right now is about uh, a Vespa. Of the the motorcycle, the yes, Vespa? the scooter, yes, yes the scooter. Uh, like, is it a uh, is it anthropomorphic? Is it yes, yes, oh. it is. So um, what? So what's the penis of? The well, uh, <laughs> it's the exhaust pipe. It is, I knew it originally, but then I I got too in my head about it and I changed it. Yeah. So uh, you want me to act in this play? That's right. And I'm thinking that Gary could play your evil uncle, Ooh. but. In a style that's not reminiscent or is reminiscent of a young David Brenner. <gasps> I think I think you could do that, right, Gary? I mean, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 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 so my evil uncle does. Is it okay that we're approximately fifteen days apart? It's the theater. Or? It's the theater, yeah. Scott. You can okay. do whatever you like. So you just a, need a wig just, or, or the one gray thing your hair a little beard. Yeah, yeah. Totally. The one thing you can't do is really make any money. Oh, yeah. wait, this is not a money gig? It's not a money gig. It's for the art. <sighs> I don't know. It's been so long since I've done something not for the money. But we've been looking for something to collaborate on for true. almost an hour. I know, that's true. Yeah. We've been making those eyes at each other. Yeah. Like we got to collab. Yeah, uh, and uh, this uh, is sort of... yeah. I'm uh, creatively right. curious here how you came upon Scott as the tall, handsome lead what, what, instead of Gary, who is also tall and handsome. I don't want to... Some might say taller, more handsome. <laughs> <laughs> well... Uh, Younger, uh, certainly. I... 
I guess. Um, Are you suggesting that Gary played the lead and you played the uncle? What I'm suggesting is we do a true West where we switch off the roles every other performance. Oh, yeah. Give us a real challenge, you know? Yes, like when uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman and and Byron Allen would switch (laughs) off. exactly. Remember that one where they got got confused and they both came out? Byron Allen doing Sam Shepard is something to behold. Oh, my word. Yes, They got confused and they came out as the same character and looked at each other and were like, but I, but you, and then they went backstage and then both switched to the other character and came back out and they were like, but I, but you... What a performance that was. Legendary on yes. Broadway. Is yes. this the Byron Allen that comes on after Saturday Night Live? <laughs> yeah, of course. That owns the Weather Channel? <laughs> yeah, he owns yes. the Weather Channel now. I, I, I would love to see that production. Tell me about your background. How did you start writing plays? Well, I was an ice man. Oh, really? Yes, I delivered ice. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, cube ice, snow ice. Uh, Just every type of ice there Yeah, those big blocks of ice that you make into swans for weddings. You would deliver that, yeah, really? Yeah. And, and then uh, I guess people gained the ability to make their own ice in their freezer, and, and your job was obsolete. Right? No, no, I left once I oh. uh, delivered ice to a small theater and realized that uh, I could be an artist. Really? So you you saw something at the theater? Yes. Uh, you saw an actual production? Yes, I saw a production of, uh, well, Hamlet. Hamlet? Oh, yeah. The melancholy Dane himself? Yes, where, where his... Uh, uh, his mother marries his uncle, who's murdered uh, his father. Oh, oh, that's right. This is this is very similar to the it play is, that you wrote is, about me, but I but think, with a podcaster, Scott. Yeah, I guess it's totally different with a podcaster as opposed to a Danish prince. I guess, although some might say uh, uh, being a podcaster is the prince, the Danish prince of the entertainment industry. Somewhat, I wouldn't. <laughs> oh, okay. Thank you. Uh, no, I'm I kid. Uh, <laughs> and you do it so well. Thank I, you. I didn't take any offense. At Good, it. because I've been thinking about you playing this role, and I think, don't you fellas think he would be great at it? I think he would be terrific yeah. at it. Well, I think you're great, Gary. And oh, I, I'm serious. We have to work together at some point. You know, I, I would, would love like to, to play for you. And, and whether it's the the Hamlet satire. It doesn't sound like a satire. It sounds like it's just a ripoff. Is a di- podcaster is Hamlet. Uh, it's a, a little point. bit satirical. That's funny. You're right. Yeah. I'm laughing already. Yeah, <laughs> uh, can it's I Hamlet, but with a podcast. I mean, that's no, the, the no, what do they call funny. that? The escalator pitch. Yeah, it's very, very yeah. Funny. It's the uh, well, it's the elevator or lift, lift pitch. Oh, yeah, where are you from? Pitch. I'm, I'm, I'm you. from Chiswick. I know it's on the nose because my last name is Chiswick. But... Well, it's, it harkens back to the Vito the... Corleone. Exactly. When we all used to just be, you know, <laughs> that's whenever... right. I was. I was uh, coming into the United States and Ellis they, Island. Yes, they put me in Ellis Island, and uh, so you had rubella. I, I was un- yes, I had rubella, and I sang you you know, English songs that only I could understand. <laughs> and then uh, 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 the uh, Port Authority, Port Authority, authority right, yeah. gave me the name Chiswick because that's what because it said on my amazing. Passport. I didn't know they still did that process. Yeah, they when, only did it to me. Uh, you, you specifically. I was pulled out of the line. When was this? Three weeks ago. Three weeks ago, yeah. he, he na- you're an elderly gentleman, I should say. Well, it was a long time in Ellis Island. Let me tell you, you, you can just ignore them. By the way, if you're you're as old as you, and I they d- I they change that. your name for you. You I can didn't. just say like, no, actually, my name is this. America's a wonderland. It, it's wonderful here. Well, welcome to the states, I guess. Yes, thank you. Living uh, the dream from Ellis Island straight to Santa Monica and coal, putting up your theater. Incredible. Yeah. You've been yes. here three weeks and you've done this production I've of done Syrup. Fourteen shows. Fourteen shows. Yes. Wow. 
Yeah. Incredible. A, a lot of the audience is uh, really, because uh, of course I've been, really buff men who thought they were going into the Gold's Gym around the corner. <laughs> That's right. That Gold's Gym I used to be a member of? <laughs> really? <laughs> when we wrote the second season of Comedy Bang Bang? I <laughs> right wondered why you spent that whole season in really low-cut tank <laughs> Uh, uh, I, I, I don't know that I'm going to do the show, Ian. I mean, uh, do you have any other facts about well, it that you can woo me? Well, there is a monologue. Uh, oh. Well, there's a number of monologues. Okay. Yeah, well, to, well, to be or not to be. Yeah. Scott Ackerman. Okay. I don't know. Uh, it sounds to me, Ian, that your style is just like Shakespeare, but bad. Well, uh, you know, I mean, you haven't seen it yet, Scott. No, once, but everything you tell me about it just sounds... You well, know, once just, you roll up your sleeves and get in the rehearsal room, you know? Like Jay Leno rolled up his sleeves famously with his suit jackets. Yes, yes, <laughs> just like that. You know, get, get a throwback to the 80s when sure. people rolled up their suit yeah. sleeves. Yeah. You couldn't Which, pop your weird? head into the store without seeing sleeves up to uh, shoulders, yeah. and that's how you knew they were the bad boy of comedy. They never they never made it that extra step where p- designers started just doing short sleeve suit jackets. Oh, I think so. You know? Don Johnson wore a few of them. I think that was just a roll-up, though. Oh, very tight, though. They, they were very tight. We can agree on that, Ian. <laughs> Uh, could I maybe? I yeah. mean, this just feels Rick, like you need to get in here and produce this because I'm opportunity. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I see the scripts in front of us. Could we maybe see a scene before? I guess so. Yeah. Of Scott Ackerman uh, uh, and yeah. Gary Goldman in this play. Gary, so yeah. Who, well, who plays here, here what? Would that be? Yeah, who, who plays what? Well, you you're playing. Uh, yeah. What's Scott. my character's name? Scott. Okay. okay. All right. So and, I wanted to stretch, uh, but uh, and Gary is playing. <laughs> what do you? Stop dicing while we're trying to Sorry, I, I, I pick just, who's going to play who. I spilled a little bit of chopped onion onto the floor. Would any of these work as a highlighter? Uh, yeah, probably. A, yeah, you need uh, a Gary's highlighter. playing the uncle, uh, whose name is Andrew. Andrew. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Can you just, okay. I'm sorry if we don't have a highlighter for you, but uh, okay. And then do you want, what do you want Rick to do? Uh, Rick is just going to lay there in the fetal position mm-hmm. with a low hum that signifies uh, the same mating okay. call of a sperm whale. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, so you yes. are, are confronting him after okay. realizing that he has offed your pop. Okay, all right. Hey, bro. Oof. I, I don't... No, yeah, that I was don't... my line. My line was oof. Yeah, uh, no, I know. I just, I'm taking exception. Hey, bro, really? Is that... Uh, look at the next line. Oh. Oh, I'm sorry. It's continued on the next page. Yes, yes. Hey, brosif. <laughs> oh, that made it a lot better. <laughs> uh, that, I mean, you took it, you took it from, you know... A one. Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't see the hyphen and then turn the page. Hey, Brosif. Oof. Why are you doing this to me? You know how I feel about my mother. Yeah, but this whole thing where you think I I murdered your your mom's. Amazing. You really get the vernacular. Yeah. Where you think I murdered your mom's. Yeah, where's this set? Is this like on the streets? It's set in Pensacola, Florida. Okay. Yeah. It's very accurate. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What about what it? I saw in an episode of Poker Face that was set in Pensacola. Oh, yeah. uh, this is how they. This is, this what is the, how this they is what talk. It's, like. this is, this is how they talk. Local, I mean, I've been here for three weeks. So I know it. Local color. Local spend color. A little, spend a little time in Pensacola. On, well, that was the first place oh, I went to. Diverted right to Pensacola. That's right. And went to Santa Monica. All right. American dream. What you've heard about 
what I did to your moms. That's it's father, father. <laughs> you cross that out. Oh yeah, sorry. It's what what did your pops? Yeah, so this might be, be. I think okay. we're seeing one of the issues of writing a play while you're <laughs> yeah, having a you're conversation. getting a lot of the words wrong. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, this is page one. It just starts in the middle, like in media res, I guess is the term. Uh, well, if you start in the middle, you don't need to do to write the beginning. You don't need to write the beginning. A, you, I mean, it's a good point. I mean, Bambi vs. Godzilla. Uh, you know, pipe, as it were, you know, mm-hmm. to, to sort of set up the scene. Just get in there. Okay, all right. Here we go. Let's continue. Mm. Well, you heard what I did to Pops. That's that's a Shonda. <laughs> hey, man, I don't know what all of these words mean, because I haven't been invited to the equivalent of the cookout, which I assume is a bris. Wait, did you write that while we were having that conversation a little yeah, bit earlier? Yeah, the first week I was here, I, oh. see, I slept in the doorway at uh, Temple Emmanuel. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. So, looky here, dog. <laughs> this is, this is just, I don't know about the language. I don't know that I can sell any of this street kind of vernacular. Scott, wasn't it Laurence Olivier who said to Dustin Hoffman famously, try acting, kid? Okay. You're right. No, you're right. Yeah. All right. Here we go. <sighs> Big ups to you, bruh. But I I ain't playing with that. That ain't what I'm about, see? Amazing. That's terrific. Because you ain't going to get that over on me, bruh. I mean, I, I think I don't, I don't I think he's doing a great job. I don't, I just, Ian, I don't feel comfortable with any Scott, of this. I don't think Scott, I sound Scott, you were authentic. born to play this role. <sighs> really? You think so? A I mean, tall white so? man <laughs> speaking some sort of weird patois. <laughs> That may or may not be from Florida. I feel like this is maybe the plot of Spring Breakers suddenly. (laughs) Oh, that was a defining film, wasn't it? I guess, but I don't don't know. Well, think think about it. I don't know that any of this is working for me, but Gary, I don't want to step on an opportunity for us to collab. I would, I would like to collab, but maybe, maybe this isn't the thing. If, if you're, I mean, from page one, you've been resistant, and I get it. I get it. I feel like maybe we could find something that maybe a different playwright. Oh well, no, I'm still know, in the I mean... room, Scott. <laughs> Seriously, I'm still. Hey, welcome to Hollywood. Yeah. You Whoa. gotta get used to this kind of stuff. The American dream. Yes, I'm living the American dream, being shut down right in front of my face. Yeah, I mean that's what Hollywood's all about, uh, baby. True. Yeah. Well. Thank you want you. me to lie to you in Th- front of your face? That's no, not no. what comedy bang bang's about. I, I'm a devotee of Rick, so I'm going to embrace this at this moment of being shat upon publicly. <laughs> Do you have any other shows that you have been thinking about that maybe you've been, you know, thinking about in your mind where like, oh, maybe that'll work? Because I'll, I'll consider it if you have something else. Well, uh, there's a, a piece I've been working on. Okay. And Sounds promising already. Yeah. It's about... A uh, soldier comes back to the war. Comes he, back to the war? Comes Wait. back from, oh my the, God. War, from the war. From <laughs> the just, war. Man, I got to get back to this thing. <laughs> His family sells olive oil, but really, they're the mafia. <gasps> oh, wow. And he's a war hero. This sounds just like Godfather. And he's going to oh, marry yeah, yeah, Diane yeah, 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 yeah. Michael Corleone. Wait, Diane Keaton's attached? He, yes. I've always wanted to work with Diane. To do a Diane? Oh, she's terrific. She's so good. Do you think she'll wear those scarves? Do you think by the end of the shoot, you'll be like Woody Allen and referring to her as Keaton? Yeah, I bet I would be. Yeah. I bet by the beginning of the shoot, I would do that. <laughs> she would like that, right? Oh, References would... to Woody Allen? Yes. 
reminders <laughs> that she hooked up with him. I'm well, in. I'm in. Great. You I'll just got to mention Diane Keaton. I'm in. All right. I'll work on it, and I appreciate your honesty. You've been working on it. It looks like you're almost done. I'm almost done. A few more minutes. Somehow you've misspelled act already <laughs> while writing. How did you? Against. How did you spell that? Uh, with a K. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> look, we're running out of time, guys. I hate to tell you this. Ah. Uh, we only have time for one final feature on the show, and uh, that, of course, is a little something called plugs. Amazing. Perfect treble. That's right on the base. I have. Scott. Hey, that was open. No, sorry, that was Mirror in the Plug Bag by Seth Draven. Thank you so much, Seth. I think I heard a melodica in there. Uh, that, of course, was a parody of the English Beats, Mirror in the Bathroom. Uh, guys, what are we plugging? Gary, so much to plug. Uh, you're an author now. <laughs> I'm an author, yes. Uh, where do you think you're landing on, of course, the coveted New York Times bestseller list? Oh, could you imagine? Can you imagine being on that, of course? I think that my, my mother my mother would finally embrace this book. You think so? Is yeah. she resistant to it? She's a little bit resistant. Is she because the of book. the stories that you tell about because it? Because of the stories I tell, and also I think she might be a little bit narcissistic in that when I handed it to her, she said, where do I begin? And then just started scanning it for her name. <laughs> where do I and then, begin? <laughs> and then didn't, didn't read anything the blurbers said, just read the names. Like, she's kind of a, a star fucker. Right. Yeah, you should have just... done an index just for her name in the back <laughs> with every page she's mentioned <laughs> on. This is just for you, Mom. Oh, my gosh. I, I, yeah, it, 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 was, uh, it was heartbreaking. And then her other big question was, uh, will it be available at Costco? <laughs> yes, just like all the other great. But, but this is a good question. Will it be available at Costco? Because oh, I want to pick this up. God willing. Oh, my God. Wouldn't, Wouldn't that, that be, be amazing? Something? Huge stack of those? <laughs> oh. Somebody uh, right, right with next a to the organic popcorn. <laughs> Do you have to buy 25 at a time if you get it from Costco? Or? <laughs> you have to buy a case of my book. And then uh, you're going on tour uh, yes. where the book w- uh, is the book sold in the lobby as well. And people yes. are you in doing some signing cases, afterwards? Like, yes. I will stay till the end because I remember I saw it. David Sedaris at at the King's Theater in Brooklyn, and he stayed, and it was like five thousand right. people or something. That's and not, so I yeah. think I can cover up to a thousand people in one. Yeah, evening. why not? Sometimes it'll just be three hundred, but sometimes it'll be a thousand. I think I can do it. I always felt when we did the comedy bang bang book, any of the live events I did, I would also uh, there was an author next to me at one of the signings. He was like, "Oh wow," who was who was who would only do his name as super quick as he could do it. And he saw I was writing like personalized messages to everyone. He's like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "You're going to be here forever." I was like, "These people, yeah, know, they all and, uh, like, and really so want to be yeah." Here. And so did David Sedaris. And one time when I was living in L.A., Ray Bradbury was speaking hmm. at the Grove, uh, Barnes and Nobles, writer of Dandelion Wine. As well. <laughs> he did write Dandelion <laughs> he Wine. He did, and and Fahrenheit four fifty one. So I had him sign my copy of Fahrenheit four fifty one and my notebook, and he drew a picture of a cat in my notebook. The Your great, cat or a cat he knew? A cat. A, a cat. cat. 
and, oh, and can't I, beat I, that. Yeah, you can't beat that from Ray Bradbury. Ray Bradbury. He's, an, he's an immortal. Incredible. Is he still yeah. with us, Ray Bradbury? No, it turns out he's mortal. He, oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow, what a way to find out. Uh, and uh, people can get all the information for this at GaryGoldman.com. But, yes, uh, you, you can, can order, order the, the book, book at GaryGoldmanBook.com. Can you really? Yeah. And, do you... and then it takes you to different book sellers that will... Uh, abide by your ethos because some people like bookshop.org some people right. like amazon some people did you do any uh, personalized signed copies like a that kindle people can still i did i did that, are they still that, available uh, i don't know where but i did sign a thousand of these stickers that they put into the front of the book and right. i don't know where that wound. I, I have to make an inquiry okay well this is incredible i got inquiries will be made the book is called Misfit, Growing Up Awkward in the 80s. Can I say I've never had more fun on a, on a podcast oh, or radio show? Thank you so much. Hey, this was incredible. It's not over yet. And I've still... been on the morning zoo shows. <laughs> wow. So, And you've been on the Leto show for your first TV appearance. <laughs> uh, Rick Rubin, what do you want to plug? Thank you for asking, Scott. Um, I'll plug your job. book. It was extraordinary. Gary loved my book on creativity. Yes. Um, my podcast, Tetragrammaton, where I interview other celebrities uh, and, and great great thinkers. And, of course, on CBB World, uh, you can get <laughs> subscribe to that to get the Bill Walton podcast, <laughs> Eat, Pray, Dunk, where he travels the world trying to find himself. This is a good show. I've heard Mark this Rennie. show. Uh, his friend Mark Rennie uh, is on yes. it. And, uh I'll pass but, the news to Bill. He and I. Uh, you're close with Bill Walton. Oh, we both wear similarly loose clothing. Uh, <laughs> it's all about and, the fit. It's not about the amount of tie dye. Oh no, no, sim no similarly just, loose. You got to swim in those things. Yeah. Um, and I, I could go on the Man Dog Podcast and Improv, of course, and Conversation Podcast and BigGrandeWebsite.com to buy a la carte podcasts from the comedy group Big Grande. All right, wonderful. And uh, Ian Chiswick, what do you want to plug here? Uh, well, I just think uh, you've been uh, furiously. Oh uh, yeah, I've been writing. Uh, <laughs> he wrote, wrote a one plays. act while we were wrapping <laughs> Incredible. up. Yeah. Uh, it's it's all about you, actually, oh, Scott. I'm a little you, obsessed. You, You're my muse. You know, you really don't have to write plays about me <laughs> no, anymore. Uh, In fact, I kind of wish you wouldn't. Well, I'll, I'm going to keep going. You know, I, I like the resistance. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, well, no, I don't have anything to plug. Syrup closed. So mm. there's that. Uh, until you do one of my plays. I also uh, like very much uh, that group over in Los Feliz, uh, improtheater.com. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, What's like those guys. Yeah, how do, you, how do people see that again? Well, they go to Los Feliz where the theater <laughs> is, mate. Vermont and Hollywood. Sure. Yeah. Um, I want to plug, uh, we're talking about books. Um, I certainly don't want anyone to buy the Comedy Bang Bang book this week uh, to compete with Gary's oh. book. Uh, take a week off from that, but uh, oh, so let him get on the very New York generous. Times bestseller list this week. But then next week, you got to keep buying that book. Yeah. If you bought it before, I need you to keep buying it every week and just buy as many as you can <laughs> buy, buy a Costco amount. Uh, and we are I, we did more signed ones for the holidays. I'll hopefully I will let you all know when and where uh, you can get those. Um, for everyone who's been uh, in inquiring about these signed uh, copies, we did more of those and did some special ones. And uh, when you're over there at CBB World uh, listening to Eat, Pray, Dunk, you can hear also Scott Hasn't Seen, where we watch movies that I haven't seen before. Uh, we also have uh, College Town, which is a great show, and uh, several other things. Hey, Randy is a great show. So many things over there. Uh, head over to CBBWorld.com. If you're only listening to Comedy Bang Bang, you're only getting half the story. All right, let's close up the old plug bag. Doors are made for closing. 
Take them up and shut them tight. Doors are made for locking. Take our key and make it right. We turn it to the right. Oh no, that unlocked it. Oh boy. Uh, that was There's Always a Butt by ah. King Love Duck Electricity. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> uh, and guys, I want to thank you so much. Gary, always a pleasure to, uh, I, I guess this is the only time you've ever done it. So when yeah, I say so always a pleasure, always, that doesn't make any sense. Currently a pleasure? Currently a pleasure. Would love for you to graduate from the one-timers club to the two-timers club. Oh, I would love that, man. Uh, so please let me know anytime you're in town. Would love to have you back. Big fan of your Honestly? I, I mean, do you say that to everybody? <laughs> I don't. In that's fact, so, I think it's the first time I've ever. Oh, that's the first so time I've ever I would love wanted to anyone back, to come back. back. Oh man, this was so much fun. Yeah, there's there's been guests like Gillian Jacobs who come back all the time. I'm just like, <laughs> Jesus, what are you doing? Tatiana Maslany, it's like, come on, man, get a life. No, and the, here's but I would the, love for you. But for here's you to the other back. thing: I'm not going to expect as much time because I won't be maybe promoting something. I'll just be visiting Los Angeles. That would be wonderful. So I'll just I'll be and then a, we could do a true bro down hoedown. Yeah, just the two of us. <laughs> yeah, that would be amazing. <laughs> Um, and uh, Rick uh, Rubin. I'll be silently uh, producing the future podcasts here and excited to just be in the background. Not... So we can say all of these podcasts Rick from Ru- now on are Rick Rubin productions. 100% you have my permission. Okay. Even though you're not, it doesn't seem like you're doing anything for the... Um, and how much, are you charging a fee for this or... Uh, just, uh, you know, the, my standard uh, per diem and what is gas it? to get here what from is... Costa Rica. And <laughs> Costa Rica every day? Yeah, I live in Costa Rica, so I just travel out. I don't know that I can afford this. We'll chat. Well, I mean, after you do this play, you a lot of flush. jet fuel. And you're in, you're like a guy who's really into the, the ecology. Oh, and... Not when it applies to my enjoyment of life. <laughs> oh, oh, I see. Yeah, I remember you getting arrested in Hawaii, right? <laughs> During covid lockdowns oh yeah yeah uh well yeah during covid lockdowns and then uh, ted cruz and i were about to fly out there oh, and there's a huge Christ. thing of us right. in the airport so all it's right just... all right uh and ian chizik uh oh are you done with this new play you're you're passing outside so. yes um just passing outside you know if anyone wanted to you know, they could take a look and decide whether or not they want to do it uh okay wait okay it says in this one that i'm wearing fake dreadlocks a rasta cap <laughs> And I've darkened no, my if skin. If you look, it says Oof. Fredlocks. Fredlocks. Fred, what are Fredlocks? Uh, well, well, it's uh, kind of like uh, Adam Duritz. Oh, okay. So like like dreadlocks that a guy named Fred would be wearing? Yeah. Okay, this does make it better. Oh, it does for me. <laughs> well, not for me, I don't think. I don't think I could do this, Ian. I'm sorry. Oh, well, uh, I'll write you a one-man show. Uh, okay, I like the sound of this. Yes, and, and it's all about being a podcaster and yet also having a secret life. What do I do in the secret life? Well, it's a secret, isn't it, mate? Wait, I never tell the audience? No. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> this it gives is not you a good play. But, but it gives you something to play <laughs> during the it's all play. It's all subtext. I guess, but like, who's going to come see a show about a podcast with a secret life? And then at the end, they go, well, what was the secret? And they go, well, it was a secret. Why would we have told you? <laughs> well, this was the advice Rick gave me. He's like, Rick, what, you're, what? you're bad at this, man. Minimalist. You are upsetting me, Scott. <laughs> oh, no, please don't get your beard. Oh, <laughs> uh, 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 uh.
You do not talk down to Rick Rubin. And the next time, just a little of those dill pickle hot dogs from Trader Joe's, something in the freezer. It's all you need. All right. I'll see you next time. Thanks, bye. <laughs> <laughs>